You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hi, girls and handful of gentlemen that still come back. And I love you because you're amazing. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, my dear friend, Abigail Turner is on the show today. And if you want to meet a wild woman, I brought her here just for you. Abigail is a dear friend of Connor and I. She uh, was a client of Connor's and has been a listener of this show and came to our retreat and has just expanded and blossomed into an even more remarkable woman, an example of what is possible for you when you let go, really tap into yourself, into your knowing, into what you feel called to. She is a beautiful mother and caretaker and healer and just divine fucking goddess. So this conversation is so special about tapping into the nature of who we are and what's possible when we really step into allowance. I'm so excited for you to meet Abigail and get to know her in this incredible way. Before we get into this conversation, I have a little announcement. I have an amazing live workshop coming up in about a week from this episode. And I'm so excited to be facilitating Unleash Your Goddess on March 14th. And I created this because I realized that we have been playing by everyone else's rules. We have been standing in the corner quiet wondering when it'll be our turn to ask for what we want, to live the life we want, to reach the things that feel so far away from us, inaccessible in ways, and to really break out of that box, to receive pleasure, to be in pleasure. This is not a workshop to teach you how to have an orgasm, though I'm sure you'll have more orgasms after what we sit together doing. But this is a space where we get to get radically honest with ourselves, where we get to explore our desires, say the things that have been left unsaid, to breathe and to move together and to literally fuck our lives wide open. It is not about sex and it is not about orgasm. It is about something so much deeper and so much bigger and more vast than any of that. So excited to be in this space with you. And at this point, we have pretty limited spots available. So if you are curious about joining us live on March 14th, the link is in the show notes for Unleash Your Goddess. I cannot wait to facilitate this and watch you break the fuck open. All right, let's get to Abigail. I trust you to hold me. I got you, baby. (laughs) so this has been what feels like a long time coming even though I feel like we've only really known each other for a year which is so special I feel like it's been lifetimes um (laughs) and we we got to know each other very intimately 
over mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And you came up here and sat in ceremony with Connor and me uh, with a small group of people. And I, I've never told you this before. This is what I do on this show. I realize I just <laughs> tell people things on the show that I don't tell them in person. I'm like, why didn't I ever tell somebody this? Um, but that was such an opening experience for me, holding you in your experience. I felt so connected to you. And I felt like I was learning through you. Like all of the learning you were going through was actually opening me up. It was so magical. Yeah. Yeah. You were an anchor on that trip in so many ways, right? Like when I was in the room by myself, you would show up the second I needed you. And like, you knew you always did like five times. You just showed up and you knew how long to stay. Like when it was time for me to be by myself, you're like, I'll I'll come back. I'm going to check in on you. You were definitely an anchor. Yeah. It was so beautiful to witness you in your coming back to yourself. And really I've witnessed over the last year, your transformation and your emergence, which we'll, we'll talk a lot about, but that weekend specifically, it was like a version of you that had been held down and suffocated. Mm-hmm. She came out and she was like, mm-hmm. oh, we're fucking doing this. Like, <laughs> we're not messing around anymore. I'm not making excuses. Yeah. I'm not betraying myself. I'm not lying anymore. Like, it's go time, baby. So mm-hmm. I want to know what that time period of your life was like. And what you felt like that opening allowed for you. So I came to the, um, the trip with you guys, not really clear on, on why I was doing it. And then it was our conversations on our drive, our two drives up to the cabin. <laughs> that I got really clear on, wow, this I'm learning so much. And this is why I'm here. And I had some questions that I had asked the mushrooms before going in regarding um, my relationship and my next step and moving forward. It was like I had this feeling of there's more, there's some greatness here and there's more, but I was too scared. I didn't know how to, you know, embody the energetics to step into that new version of myself yet. And um, did the trip, did the thing, got some really solid answers and then went home and tried to deny the answers that I got, tried to ignore them. And, um, that was just a no-go. There was like, it was like this, this turning point of like, how many times are you going to keep excusing the intuitive hits that you've gotten and the mushrooms put the answers right in your face? Like you can't turn back. You have to trust it's time. And that was like that physical solid piece of like, I didn't know how to trust my intuition yet. So the mushroom, the answers I got from that trip was very like, um, tangible to me. And so at that point I was able to take that step of faith forward. So what, what do you feel? I, I feel like oftentimes when it comes to plant medicine, especially we have like a before and after version of us. (laughs) you know what did you feel before was blocking the intuition and then what allowed it Mm -hmm. after um before what was blocking it was um I I heard it loud and clear like I can remember being a girl and my gut would react to things um 
it was the doubt and not having the hard evidence to back it up. I was like, you can't follow through on this because people would say, well, why? And, you know, I don't have any evidence. I don't know. It's just this gut reaction. Um, and then the mushrooms kind of like propelled me forward and we're like, no, you, this, you need to step into this. Like, there's no other choice. You will continue recycling the same patterns that you found yourself in your entire life. Unless you start baby steps, like acting on these hits that you're getting. And the mushrooms gave me that um, capacity, that capability to do so. And I think it's important to note what you said about when you went home and you started trying to deny all the things that had come forward. Because I think a lot of people (laughs) think you get into spirituality, you get into personal development, you have these aha moments and you're like, magically a new person. And like, yeah, you like (laughs) forgot all the other dumb shit. And it's like, yeah, if only you are there's that's that is I remember I was sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony once. I think it was before or after the ceremony was done, but the the shaman was like, um, the ceremony's great and all, but like the actual ceremony is life. So yeah. you can be here and you can do this and that's all well and good. But if you don't go out and integrate and actually be in the ceremony of life, all of this yeah. is a waste of time. And yeah. that really landed with me because it, it's taking this, taking all these learnings and awarenesses and all of that, and then integrating them because we are mm-hmm. human, though many of us feel like aliens or angels are somewhere from another space and dimension. We are in human form now. We are in the 3D. We have egos and allowing those things to integrate. That is one of the hardest parts because you get sucked Mm. back into old patterns and you have to consciously, you get to consciously rewire and make different choices in order to repattern that. Yeah. Yeah. That mushroom ceremony, that mushroom trip was like a six month long ceremony. It wasn't those four hours. It wasn't the day after it was a and I can remember, Kel, there was a moment literally six months later where I was like, it was like this click in my body of like, Oof, we just nailed some things. Mm. And like after six months, it took that long to integrate and to, um, to, yeah, to really become and embody what I had received. What were you feeling like it was time for you to embody? You even said this, my shadow side, it mm. was time. Like I was so comfortable in love and light. I was so comfortable in um in my life and I um repressed resisted any part of myself that I wasn't willing to you know meet yet with love my shadow um and the mushroom opened the door wide open big beautiful French doors to my underworld um and it was learning to greet that version of myself and be in that space with an immense amount of love. I learned what unconditional love was in that moment with myself, right? Um, And it was the integration of uh, my whole self, shadow and light and being comfortable. I remember you would even come in and I'd be like, (laughs) I was like, Kel, I can't. can't." (laughs) And I was like, you said, okay, just can you dip your toes in? I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like, I don't need to do a full body head first plunge. And I just little by little dip my toes in, test the waters, learn to love myself on a whole like deeper level. What was the fear of the shadow? Um, that it was ugly and that, you know, I wasn't good enough and that I couldn't show this part of myself to the world that um, it was wrong. It was wrong. Um, she couldn't be loved. Was the fear. What part of it? 
were you considering to be your shadow? Like what part of you was the shadow that you weren't allowing to come forward? Yeah. So there's so many, for me, there's so many parts to this, you know, the obvious parts are the shadow side of me and calling out the manipulator, the woman who uses her um, feminine self to manipulate for her good, right? Just our, our, that shadow side of myself, the liar, like the girl who learned to be, to lie for safety. Um, learning to come face to face with those two parts of myself and acknowledge them. Whereas before it was like, oh, I can't, I'm not a manipulator, not a liar, like shove it down. I don't want to be that. Um, that was huge. Um, and the other part was then the, the big part was, um, meeting my inner, my innate self, my wild woman, she was hiding out in my shadow because I was scared of her. Um, I didn't understand her. I didn't understand, uh, how to hold her and allow her to exist in this, you know, vessel, this body. Um, and therefore I had like judged her and pushed her down and she resided in the underworld and, and she was a huge piece of like, um, let, you know, opening the doors to my shadow and letting coming out to play Mm. and greeting it with love. I think that's one of our biggest fears is seeing Mm. those parts of ourselves that we mask or fear yeah. of rejection or abandonment or not being yeah. lovable or worthy. I mean, you know, I talked to so many people on this show, just like you, so many women listening to this, just like us. Mm. And that is the fear. It's like, if I fully show up as all parts of myself, what's going to happen? Will they yeah. leave me? Will they reject me? Will I be bad and wrong? Because right. we were taught. I mean, I would say 99% of us probably, um, because we don't have conscious parents like you with Hudson, um, are taught that we are bad and wrong for so many parts of ourselves and to hide that and to be this best, prettiest version of you. Mm -hmm. And so we, we hide. And I think there's something so rejuvenating and liberating about fully showing up and watching people's responses, no matter what they are, (laughs) right? People who are freaked the fuck out because you're dancing naked with body paint on in the middle of a forest living in a van. Um, Or people who are like inspired thinking, oh God almighty, I didn't know that was possible. That's okay. Like I can do that. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. I think that's one of the funnest parts of the journey, honestly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is like when, you know, you're right. We are told like there's a right and a wrong of how to be a woman and what that looks like, what you should sound like. Here's a structure. Please put yourself in it. And if you can't be in it, you're going to be called crazy or a bitch or a whore. Um, And then you start (laughs) tearing down this structure, which is scary as fuck in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? Because you don't know what you're stepping into yet. Um, and then you touch something that's so pure and so true. And I think people feel that they feel that when you start touching it and you share it and there's the triggering moment of, Oh, you have that. 
subconsciously, I want that, then it's pissing me off. And then there's a moment of, oh shit, I can have that too, or I can create that too. Um, but yeah, for me, that's the best. That's the that's a fun part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Who were your yeah. expanders or women you were seeing or people in general who were planting seeds for you of showing yeah. you something else is available? Yeah, you, you and Connor both were huge in that uh, journey, planting seeds hugely. Um, I had um, a teacher, Courtney, who after working with her just changed the game. Um, And then interestingly enough, my mom, who um, passed nine years ago, and we did not have a very good relationship here on earth. However, our relationship now, uh, she has showed up tremendously for me, continually planting seeds, little confirmations, little hits, little, um, we have a really beautiful relationship now. Mm. Um, so yeah, I like keeping, I like keeping real woman close. It's, yeah. it's interesting you bring up that type of relationship with your mom. Mine passed last year and we had a very yeah. tumultuous relationship for the last probably, I don't know, seven or eight years she was alive. And I was, we were so codependent and so enmeshed. And when she passed, it was almost like the torch was passed on and mm-hmm. then everything opened for me because having human experiences with her were incredibly limiting for both of us. Yeah. And then she went to the other side and like our relationship is so amazing. She is so present. She guides me through all my mushroom journeys. Now she is so loud and so clear and just (laughs) trust me. I got you. This was the relationship we were meant to have. Yeah. And it was you know, I I haven't said this out loud because I just had this realization Sunday and it kind of sounds crazy in my head. So I'm grappling with it. But I realized that part of why my mom couldn't be here in human form anymore was because life was so hard for her and she really struggled with abuse as a child. And she mm. was she was very broken and didn't know how to work through it. She didn't have the resources and tools. She was just very limited. And I, I thought that that was kind of why her time was up and why life was hard. But what I realized this weekend, because I, I kept us so separate, I was like, oh, she's like that, like her negative mm. energy. She was bad. I am light. I am good. I am woke. Right. And what I realized this weekend was that my mom was actually just like me, but she was the version mm. of me without tools and resources. My mm. mom was so fucking intuitive and connected and witchy and an alien like straight up my mom was and is Mm. and because she didn't have the tools and resources the way things manifested for her were painful and controlling and manipulative Mm. and funny enough that's how I have been for so much of my life And that's why the last two or three years has been so difficult of breaking that pattern. And so I'm like the version of her that got to veer the other way. Yeah. 
And you don't, you don't realize those things when your mom's alive and things are difficult and you feel misunderstood and you're like, why don't you get me? This is so difficult. And now Mm. I'm like, oh, right. Cause we're all souls having a fucking journey. (laughs) And like, sometimes things are really hard and we don't all have the same tools and resources. Yeah. Yeah. And you're my mirror. Yes. And you're my mirror. Yeah. That's beautiful, Kelly. I feel the same as far as after my mom died. Um, and just recently I started noticing actually how quite similar we are. Um, and again, she just didn't have the tools that I have. And it's a direct reflection of like, this is the ver like, just like you said, this is the version of me who would be if I didn't have and know what I know now. And I love that both of them are like, just lighting fires under our ass. Like, I got you girl. Like this is part (laughs) of our agreement. I'm going to carry you through. Like I brought you here and I'm going to see your journey through. Don't you worry. One of the things my mom said shortly after passing, I don't know if she said this directly to me or through someone I was working with, but she said, I'm sorry. I didn't understand you when I was alive. I now Mm. get it. I understand you. And I was just, I mean, of course, in tears, but holy healing. I was, all I ever wanted was for my mom to get me. All I ever wanted was to be understood and accepted. And it was a battle. And then it was like overnight, she was like, I totally understand. And I'm like, oh my God, I totally understand. (laughs) I see you and you see me. And again, back to the mirror thing. And it makes me feel not guilty or bad for the way I was, but it it shows me what compassion and empathy Mm. we can have for people in this human experience, knowing that everyone is going through something. Everyone is awakening in their own way, whether it looks Mm. the way you and I do it or the way other people do it, less woo woo and like in the woods, you know, but everyone's like doing their thing. And how can we honor that and respect that and know that people are learning in their time? And if they're not meant to, quote unquote, get it or understand in this life, then that's what they get to do. And that's okay. Right. Right. I feel like that's something we're stepping away from with like this very um, wounded masculine structure in society. It's like there there actually is no cookie cutter uh, way of awakening or what your spiritual, you know, um, expression should look like. It's literally on an individual basis. And there is no, like, there is no, it's not a race. There's no hierarchy. It's not a race. We're all here doing the human journey, the human experience, and everyone's going to get where they're supposed to be when it is their time. Um, and for me, learning to honor for me, like I have uh, seven siblings. And when I initially had my first awakening, you just want to like, wake them up, spread the light, let them see, blah, blah, like dump it in their face, which I did. Um, And then, you know, you have to take a step back and realize they are their own individual human being. They will have, you know, their awakening in their own time. I can stand here and love them still where they are. And as just as like, you know, instead of meeting them with judgment, which is so counterintuitive to like, there's just this whole like pseudo spiritualism out there of like, I'm so woke. Oh, and judge and shame you because you're not. 
Like that's not real. That's ego. It's not soul coming through. And so that was a huge, huge lesson for me. I know I'm going off on a tangent. Um, huge lesson for me in compassion as well. Mm. With seeing them for the individuals that they are. Yeah. And whoever thinks that shaming people into something works, I'm not really sure what the fuck the point of that is. <laughs> That's literally taking exactly like what we've lived in within our lives as women, like shaming ourselves into this structure of being a good girl and turning it around and dumping it on someone else. Like you didn't get out of that structure just to turn around and do that shit to somebody else. You know, don't you feel like that's I'm recording a podcast on Monday with Three yeah. or four of my girlfriends. And at this point, do the, you say, oh, yeah, the topic is spirituality <laughs> is a cult. Yes, I was just sitting with this. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about it. I haven't talked about yeah. it on the show. And I am just like, I feel very passionately about this. And part of it is because of the shame piece. It's like, let mm -hmm. me shame you into this thing and make you think that I'm going to fix you. And now I'm going to control you and manipulate you. Mm -hmm. And because mm -hmm. I can make money off of you, this is now a full-fledged business of shame. Right. I cannot. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, it's toxic and scary. And I don't even like to say the word spiritual community anymore because I feel like that is causing separation. Like there's actually no separate spiritual community. We're all spiritual beings, whether we acknowledge it or not. Like there's no, well, in the spiritual community, we do it this way, or this is what this means. No, <laughs> no, there are no um, rules. There are no structures. There is no, like it's, it's really scary, especially now when people are so emotionally um, triggered with everything going on in the world. And I made the mistake of reading some comments on a post one time and the level of whitewashing, pseudo-spiritualism and just shaming and um, a true unwillingness to sit with shadow side of self um, is to me is dangerous. It's very dangerous to be whipping out these terms and these tools and but not really truly being integrated with whole self and you have a responsibility if you're going to serve you have a responsibility to sit with whole self to know whole self and this is something that my teacher Courtney talks about all the time and she's you know is um she shares her human process because the last thing you know I have a I work with some women and I have a really struggle calling myself a coach or anything because First and foremost, I feel like when you say that, it comes with like this, you know, baggage of, okay, this, you know, put me on a pedestal. This is what it needs to look like. I talk like this. I know answers. This, No, first and foremost, I'm human. I'm human holding a human container for you. Um, and I will share my imperfections, not from shame, not from, um, you know, lack of love, but because like, this is it. This is the human experience. We're not here to escape our human emotions and the human experience. Like, let me teach you to integrate it on a level so you can access divine through human. Yeah. It's, um, it's a very guru mentality and yeah. please worship me and know I have the answers yeah. and I'm here to fix you. I just keep going back to that. It's like this belief system that is being put into place that people are broken and they need someone to fix them. Yeah. And so then there's you're creating codependence with facilitators and coaches and healers. And I don't know where it went wrong. I don't know if like people finally saw, oh, we can make a lot of money off of this. 
Right. But I mean, look around. Everyone's a fucking shaman channel and medium now. <laughs> not to say that we're not all intuitive and guided, yeah. but it's like, there's a lack of discernment. Mm. And so I feel that a very high percentage of people are being pulled into energies that are not genuine mm-hmm. and feel very manipulative. Mm-hmm. And so I am so careful of who I listen to and what I, I, I feel when I'm listening to someone talk or around them because I really question, is this something you're trying to just do to make money and you know that this is like the cool thing right now? Or are you truly tapping into abilities? Like I channel, I talk to spirits Mm -hmm. and guides. So I'm not here to say, oh, you can't do that. But I think there's a level of discernment that's missing. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. Yeah. They're like cycle. There's this cycle of, and for me, so I grew up Catholic. So the cycle for me in Catholicism was seek the savior outside of yourself. Mm. Right. So it's like, we're taking that structure and putting it right into spiritualism, like seek the savior outside of yourself. Let me save you. Let me save you. So for me, you can feel who's authentic. You can feel who's truly inviting you back to sovereignty. Listen to the words they're saying, listen to how they speak. If they're taking you back to yourself, back to your body, back to your sovereignty, like you can, I'm at this point where I can feel it. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah. And then when it's, when there's an imbalance and like when there's a little bit of like um, control and manipulation in it, you'll see that too. Like, you just see, like, do you notice that? Do you notice, like, after a while you listen to somebody talk and you're like, this person is directing you back to yourself as sovereign, as a sovereign self-authorizing being. Mm-hmm. And then this, you can hear when someone is not. And for me, that's a huge piece that people need to know because getting a coach is becoming super popular. Becoming a coach is becoming super popular. You need to know how to discern, you know, who is here to manipulate you and who is here. And not even consciously, sometimes it's subconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And who is here to actually take you back to yourself as sovereign? Yeah. I think anytime there's a projection onto others, you need to be careful. And Mm -hmm. you said this a few minutes ago, I'm going to share myself with you from a genuine place because this is my experience, but I'm not placing this on you and I'm not bringing you into my experience. Um, and creating that codependent cycle. I think that's yeah. super important. I, I remember a couple of weeks ago when the Capitol was stormed, there was a guy, I don't know if you saw this, but he was wearing like this fur coat and had like yes. this crown thing on. And he said that he was a shaman and all yeah. these things. And he was getting messages and, and whatnot. And I remember watching it and I immediately, I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know what's going on, but I felt mm-hmm. in my body, everything tensed up and was so tight yeah. as he's talking. And I'm like, oh, there's the problem. And he may really believe that he's doing right. the good work. Right. Yeah. But you yeah. don't you don't get a, a, a download to go and like create violence and mass chaos mm-hmm. like that. That that's not what this is about. But when you mm-hmm. mask it behind spirituality and say, oh, but like the guides told me to do this right. horrible thing, that's called spiritual fucking bypassing. Mm-hmm. That's called mm-hmm. manipulation. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just call it what it is. 
People in so many spiritual communities now use using plant medicine, especially and saying, Oh, I'm sitting in ceremony. No, you want to do drugs and fuck. Like, let's just be honest. And that's fine. If you want to do that, I'm totally here for that too, but don't call it a ceremony. Don't act like you're doing something that is truly nourishing and healing when that's Mm -hmm. not what it is. Don't utilize spirituality to make excuses for bad behavior or for manipulating or treating people poorly and saying, Oh, but like, I saw this in an ayahuasca ceremony that I was like mm-hmm. meant to do this. Not, that's not an integrity with the work. Right. It's not. And I feel, yeah, I feel like a lot of people um, who seek out plant medicine ceremonies and that kind of work really truly on a soul level are seeking something bigger than themselves. They're seeking help. They're seeking answers. Like they, they're feeling that intuitive hit, whether they know it or not. They don't know in this third dimension, though, they still come at it with ego, right? They don't like they are. I truly believe they are seeking um, healing. There's a block to um, receiving it. There's a does that make sense? Yes. I feel like they are. Yes, there are people abusing the medicine and. I see past you abusing the medicine and I see a person in there that's like crying for, I want healing. I want help. This is what is famous. This is what is popular. This is what all the influencers are, influencers are saying. And so I'm going to go do it. Right. Um, and there's, there's just a disconnect between like ego still driving the ship though. It's, you know, it's not the purest of intentions. Um, about that guy that stormed oh my God. the Capitol. Did you see that? The um, indigenous, one of the accounts on Instagram posted and said, we do not claim this. We don't know what this is. Like they like denied. I love that. That was total cultural appropriation and inappropriate. Oh yeah. Like in so yeah. many ways. Yeah. And they were like, fuck you. Which was warranted. Yeah. And to your point, I totally agree. I don't, think that as many people would struggle with that if they were being led by people in integrity. Yeah, 100%. Just want to take a quick break to talk about how I am nourishing myself. Oh, Organifi, breaking my heart, taking the chocolate gold away from me. But I have good news because they have so many other amazing products in their line and I utilize at least two of them a day. So there's that. Let's talk about Harmony because Harmony is a beautiful replacement for chocolate gold and it actually does a little bit more um, than the chocolate offered. So it combines 12 different superfood ingredients with cacao. So yes, you still get that chocolate. It's a different flavor profile than the chocolate gold, which is really nice because you still have that cacao, but a little bit of a different bang there. And it not only helps PMS symptoms like your bloating and fatigue and mood swings. I've never had a mood swing, so I don't know what that's about. <laughs> but it also is really great at balancing your ho- your hormones every day, which has been an uphill battle for me for a long time, especially dealing with chronic illness. So I love nourishing my body with things that I know are going to help me be more in balance. And 
give me the nutrients and superfoods that my body is craving that I can replenish on a daily basis. So if you are curious about trying Harmony out from Organifi, you can go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Kelly T. You'll get 20% off of everything in their line. The other thing I wanted to tell you about, a little different, I want to tell you about my friend Laura Holloway's podcast, Activate. Laura nourishes me every day. Laura is one of my dearest sisters and friends. We've known each other since we were 14 years old. And I'm so grateful for her podcast and her work. Laura is such a bridge and such a guide and a light for me and for anyone who ever comes across her. She is one of the most powerful, in-touch women I've ever known. And Laura has this beautiful way of having really, really difficult, challenging questions in such a simple way. She makes everything fun and playful and light because it doesn't always have to be so heavy and dark. And that's been a huge lesson for me in how to bring levity and play into my life, into my conversations, my relationships, my work. And so I highly recommend you go over and listen to her podcast because she is having some incredibly epic conversations and I just admire her and her work so much. So the link is in the show notes. Head over, check out Laura Holloway and activate right now. All right, let's get back to Miss Abigail. In my first ayahuasca ceremony, the, the man who was leading us, he refuses to call himself a shaman. Mm-hmm. And we were asking about just how do you know who to sit with and things like that. And yeah. he said, look, I studied in Peru. I lived there for 10 plus years in the Amazon. I ran uh, the ayahuasca center there. I ran one in Mexico. I have literally sat with the most well-known, well-versed, studied healers in the entire world. And I've only ever met one shaman and he was like 102 years old. And you (laughs) knew when you came to this man, he was a shaman. He was a shaman. Like period. But now everyone, it's like a cool word. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm a shaman. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. like, we're losing, we're losing it here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember specifically remember you and Connor saying, and it was either on the mushroom trip or it was in a video you did after the trip. And you guys said, be wary of someone who calls themselves a shaman. And I was so new to the spiritual world. I was like, what? Like, why? Shaman, like you respect them. And now I get it, right? Because we live in a world where we need to put everything in a box to understand it. We need to put a title on it to understand it. So if you call yourself a shaman, it means your medicine is very like ancient, steeped in ritual, true, pure. And like, that's not always true. If you remove the title of shaman, how is the potency of your medicine? You know, like mm, we think Mike drop girl, Mike fucking drop. <laughs> we have to, you know, for me, dropping labels has been what 2020 is all about. Dropping all the labels. Where do you feel like you really needed to drop labels? Well, I have a funny story. I, you'll appreciate this actually. Oh, good. Um, something similar. I think you went through. So I was exploring opening up myself sexually, exploring my sexuality. And, you know, those questions of right and wrong come into play. And then you start realizing there's no such thing as right and wrong. There's no such thing as black and white. There's literally only pure love. Um, 
And so I flew home to Pennsylvania for Christmas and my sister picked me up from the airport and we were talking in the car and I was telling her about this sexual experience I had with a woman. And she was like, so you're bisexual. And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> I guess to me, like I would have, and it literally, I didn't even realize this. I was so proud of myself in that moment. Cause I didn't even realize like, I didn't even categorize myself as bisexual. I just categorized myself as open, free, expressing myself in love, loving people who love me. And it was like this moment of, I mean, that was a huge realization of, I don't need a label to understand myself. You know, I don't need that. I love that you say that because, you know, naive, ignorant, straight little Kelly. Um, I don't really, I didn't know when I started realizing, realizing I was sexually attracted to women. <laughs> like, I don't know the definition of like bisexual, bi-curious, fluid, like sexually open. Right. And I'm such a labeler. Right. So when I came out, I had like my coming out episode last year. Mm -hmm. It was like, I'm bisexual. This is the thing. Da, 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 da. And it felt so good. Right. Because I got to yeah. label myself something else. And the thing that I've been sitting with over the last month is one, I looked up the definition of bisexual and it's actually when you want to be in relationship with women, like in mm. a romantic relationship with women, I don't want mm. that. I, right. I am more of the bicurious definition of I'm sexually attracted to women. I'm open mm. to those experiences, but I very much appreciate for lack of a better phrase, a relationship with a man. Right. And it's so funny because I have every time I say I'm bisexual, it does not land with me. <laughs> yeah. And I think that I'm 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 I think that you do an, a beautiful job of being open and fluid in so many ways, not just sexually. And I think that's something I struggle with is, OK, if I took that label off the table, what would that mean? Because I really mm. grasp onto that. It yeah. would just mean I mean, we had a threesome last night and it yeah. wasn't about being bisexual is about, oh, yeah. this is really cool. We had this amazing conversation with this girl. Mm -hmm. We were naked together. We had sex. It was beautiful. The whole thing was just like magic. Why does that need a label? Right. Right. Mind blown. I feel like, yeah, I love that. I feel like our labels really oftentimes remove a lot of the potency of our experience and like our capacity to experience and expand and love. You know, and I, I never knew that bisexual meant being in a relation or a romantic, wanting a romantic relationship with women. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I think labels is dying with the patriarchy. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Yes. <laughs> okay. So tell me what it was like. Did you go down on her? What I want to know more about this experience and what it did for you. It was, it was a threesome. Okay. It was my, it was my first threesome, first experience with a woman ever. Um, I found my, and this is when I was very prior to any real true awakening. This is like, I was act, I was starting to question things, started to question the status quo, question my life. And so I wanted to explore. And so for me, race as a really, um, a true Catholic girl, like this was a really big step outside of like, like I was going to go to hell mm -hmm. when I did this. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, there was that aspect of it. Um, it was for my first experience with a woman, it was enjoyable. 
it was a little aggressive. She was Italian and (laughs) that came out, but it was fun. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. And I think she was more into me than she was into my partner at the time. So that also made it really fun because there's definitely the aspect of like watching your partner have sex with another woman. And you initially feel like that pang of like, Oh, this is not okay. And then, um, for me in that moment, her attraction to me kind of soothed and helped me get through that, which I don't know if that's like numbing or not, but you know, for where I was, that worked. Mm -hmm. I (laughs) feel that. Yeah. I, Connor still hasn't had sex with anyone else like penetrated because I, I haven't, that's a boundary, a hard boundary for me. Um, because to me, that's like sacred, like your penis Mm -hmm. and the things that come out of it are for me and my future babies or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's really hard for me to swallow, but I, I know that feeling of, Oh, she's also very into me. So it makes her being into him. Okay. Yeah, totally. Like, it over yes. a little bit. Like yeah. she, she did a really good job. I thought about. I've never been the third person, and I thought about, wow, that would be really difficult because I would want, I would uh, myself personally, you know, the Libra coming through. I would want everybody to feel good. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, like, she did a really, really good job. Yeah, and she was a very good introduction to two or three films. Well, and I think like last night for me was really interesting. Um sometimes I say things and I can't believe I say these things. <laughs> uh, uh, like, I think that it's just you and me on a phone call and I'm like, Oh, right. Thousands of people listen yeah, to this. Oh, I forgot. Um, <laughs> last night I feel I, so I came while I was touching myself while she was yeah. making out with Connor and going down on him. And I was mm. just like, literally not involved, just like watching them. Mm. And I had never done that before. And it was so hot. I was like, holy shit. And I think that it was so hot because I knew how badly she wanted me to. Yeah. And so it was just like the whole experience. Everyone got so much out of it. It's so nourishing and so beautiful when you allow it to be. I think that so many times, and I, I have been guilty of this before I entered into this world of thinking that it's about, oh, well, if you get this, then I get less of it. Right. Or right. if, if taking away from Yes. It. And it's this mm-hmm. very lack mindset. And look, I'm not saying this because I think everyone should live like this and do this. That's not mm-hmm. it at all. Do it if it feels aligned for you. But there is something in terms of abundance and mm-hmm. expansion that is available for you when you can take out all of the bullshit stories and just yeah. be with the experience of appreciating yeah. another body, another human, another mm. soul and the pleasure and enjoyment that can be, it can be wrapped in. Yeah. You like, it feels like you touch a whole new level of pleasure and um, life that like wasn't available before. Yes. Whole new level. There's like a word. It's, I think it's like compersion. Yes. When you enjoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really hard. And that's really hard for me too, especially when we're talking about like sexual interaction, because you have this feeling of like, well, this must mean I'm not good enough or this must mean like, you know, not worthy or you're, you know, you're taking away from me, um, which takes a really rooted centered place to be, Mm -hmm. to be in a space like that. What? 
I just had this vision of like our younger selves uh, being like, you two are <laughs> fucking on one. <laughs> yeah. What, like what happened to you? Um, what is that like for you when the, the older version of you or however you want to describe that version is like, who have you become? Yeah. God, I had a moment like that. So we were talking before you started recording, I think about how like, there's so many people feeling a full circle right now because the stars astrologically speaking are kind of similar to they were in January, 2020. So there's this huge opportunity to be like, to really notice the change, really, really notice the change that happened in 2020, 2019, 2018. Um, and there's these, you know, I, when we, all, a lot of us have the tendency to see like, you know, there's always more healing to do. There's always, you know, more I want to be and want to heal but also like really, really appreciating like how far I've come. And there've been so many tiny moments I've had with myself where I was just like, my heart was open in this situation. I wouldn't have even known what that meant a year ago. And it was like, hand on my chest, like, God, I'm so fucking proud of you, Abigail. Like, thank you for choosing um, the work. Thank you for, you know, <laughs> going to your own underworld and back. and and allowing myself those moments because I haven't really stopped to appreciate um, who I am since like 2018. It's just kind of been like, you've been in, I was in this revolving door of death and rebirth for three years. And now it's like, Woo, I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to take <laughs> stock of you. And God damn, I'm so proud of you. Like my little child, inner child is just like, feels like superwoman lately. Mm, that's yeah. so beautiful. That fun. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about motherhood for you mm, yeah. and, you know, all the things that you went through with your own mom and then bringing a child mm. into this world. And how old were you when you had Hudson? I was 22 when I got pregnant and 23 when he was born. Yeah. So you're so young. Yeah. There's yeah. so much going on. What was that time like for you in pregnancy and birth and realizing I have a soul to take care of now yeah yeah um motherhood has been the biggest piece of healing that has happened over this three-year period Hudson turns three in February um I had a rather traumatic emotionally traumatic pregnancy um and actually it was a really sweet story. Hudson actually birthed himself. Um, I was on an epidural and the boy literally, we lost his heartbeat and there he was in between the sheets. And it, I was in such a vulnerable, unsafe place emotionally and energetically. And it really, like after he was born, I had this moment of, oh my God, I know he did that on purpose. Like, I know you were like, I got you, mama. Like, like it's you and me, trust me. Like, this is going to be okay. I was terrified of motherhood, terrified of, you know, having a human. So that was something really sweet um, that really set the tone for our relationship. It felt like it was like we're a team. Um, so for the next two years, I proceeded, though, to hold motherhood like a stiff arm's length away because I had this um, definition and understanding of what being a mother went like. Like it was another label and it meant you had to dress a certain way, act a certain way. Things were unaccessible. You weren't sexually attractive. Um, all this kind of, and your life was over. You martyred yourself for your child. I remember being pregnant and, 
I had been talking about doing travel nursing, had gotten in with a recruiter, and then I had to call my recruiter and say, I can't do this, I'm pregnant. And I could feel probably my own judgment, but I could feel this this um, judgment from her saying like, oh, I won't be hearing from you. You're not going to travel. You have a baby. I remember being pregnant and all these women at work were saying, you know, oh, I was going to do this, but then I had kids. I was going to do this when I had kids. So I had this understanding that like my dreams die when you become a mother, like you cannot live your life to the fullest. And I was scared of that. So I definitely, I definitely travel nurse, but it was definitely everything that I did was rooted more out of rebellion than it was out of like pure love. Right. Because I had this, this fear of losing myself to what being a mother meant. Um, and I did for a while, like I identified as mother before I identified as my own individual unique expression of source energy. Um, and it wasn't until I hopped into the container with Courtney where that really came out to play. And I saw how like I, 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 I knew I wanted to work with women and I said, I absolutely am not working with mothers. Fuck no, like I don't want to work with them because I had such, you know, I was repelling my own self as a mother away. Um, and in doing that, energetically holding Hudson at bay, which was something that has been painful for me to acknowledge and feel, um, outside looking in, like our relationship was beautiful, fine, healthy, perfect. But energetically, it was like, I know he felt there was a disconnect. You know, mom is not showing up. Mom doesn't know how to show up as a mother right now. Um, it was very much like, and I could go off on this forever, but like we have this, um, this preparation and this understanding that, you know, when, when the baby's born, there's a new life in the world, there's a new baby and there's no attention. Rarely is there attention going to mothers saying, well, there's a new mother in the world. Like she's a newborn too. She's newly born. The old her is dead forever. Um, and so that's something that I do want to you know, bring back an offer to women is that this is the birth of a mother as well. And what does that even mean? And, and so for me, it was this whole journey of like understanding that motherhood is, is only the, you know, container of martyrdom because I'm, a, I'm choosing it to be, because I'm following the rules on what society is telling me I need to do to be a mother. And now it's for me turning into I'm understanding like this is so much of why I'm here on this earth is to be a mother. I know there are more children coming. Um, and I'm so grateful Hudson agreed to come here, be my first one and push me in this uncomfortable position to come out the other side. And I know that I'm here to like shift and redefine the paradigm of motherhood and turn it into a freedom container. And I think one of the most beautiful things in the world is when a mother returns to herself as an individual first and that's such a gift to your children and it's also just allowed me to honor who Hudson is um, as a human being as a soul and seeing him in such a different light than than my child this possession you know um it's been a it's been a long journey it's been a long journey and I really really just um came to a beautiful place I would say two months ago was when it was like, I can, I know how to be a mother and what that means to me. I was having a conversation this morning with a friend and we were saying, 
that when you become a parent, oftentimes you either want what you had as a child or you want Mm -hmm. the exact opposite for your own kid. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of projection going on and a lot of trying to fix all these wounds and experiences that we had. And so then you create such codependence and enmeshment in that and trying to fix things through another. Yeah. And the ability to be a vessel as a mom and teach your child sovereignty Mm -hmm. is something that just really doesn't happen often. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. how you navigate Mm -hmm. not projecting your own experience and fear on him, but utilizing this newfound awareness of what sovereignty is and creating that space for him to become his own. Yeah. That's a great question. I'm asking for a friend. So how do I create space and room for husband's own sovereignty outside of my own projections? Is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say the ability for me to hold space for him as a sovereign being has been new too, because the journey for me was first, you know, becoming aware of, I'm literally just projecting myself onto my child. Um, She took me back to my own, like, two-year-old self. There were so many moments where, like, we reached this tipping point as a human being. And I've shared this before of, like, you know, I'm either going to throw something across the room because I'm pissed and you're pissing me off, or I'm going to yell at you. And it's in those moments, it's in that heated, emotionally triggered moment where it's dropping everything. and 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 mothering myself and like Hudson's safe. Hudson's not going to be be harmed. I step away into the hallway and I rock myself and I cry. And sometimes Hudson comes and cries with me, which is one of the most beautiful things. And not in this irresponsible way of dumping your emotions on your child, but letting them see that I'm human too. I'm human. I have feelings and I'm doing my best right now. I need you to know I'm trying my best. Um, So there were so many opportunities um, that required my awareness and my willingness to be in it, to kind of shift the tide and then start taking responsibility for how I'm feeling and also how I choose to respond to him. Um, And over time, that created this space of like, and of, of, of his comfortability expressing himself and you can see it of Hudson understanding like, um, and he's three. So he's just coming, when he was like two and a half, I felt like he was really coming to this point where you could tell he was becoming very present here in this third dimension and not really as present as he was in the other world. I really think babies and toddlers don't even exist in the third dimension. so he was really becoming cemented down here on this earth plane and to know that he's sovereign. Mm-hmm. And when I think like that's something that I'm still learning so far, what I've learned is the more I do it for myself, the more it carries over. And that's a beautiful thing about motherhood. It's like the more I fill up my own cup, 
the more overflows has been, the more I acknowledge and know how to exercise my sovereignty and come back to myself, the more I know how to take husband and point him back to his own heart. Mm. So that's something, I mean, I'm deep in it and still learning it, Mm -hmm. but that's what I, that's the tangible piece I have so far from it. What do you wish that young women who were where you were a year, two years ago, knew or had access to within themselves? I would want to go back and tell myself, my 22, my 23-year-old self, that it's okay to feel the way you feel. And you're not a bad mom because you feel that way. And this is an invitation. This is an invitation for you to change the world. Like this is your work right here. So good. (laughs) I love you so much. I love you, Cal. This was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a thank you for every way you and Connor have showed up for me. Like I I felt it physically in February and then energetically and emotionally. You guys have you guys have shown up and been there. And it's been such a huge piece of my journey and my emerging and my awakening was knowing like, even when I announced, like I was doing the ancient sun retreat and you just reached out and like, that was like, that solidified for me. I was like, okay, like that was a piece I needed and that meant the world. I hope you know that. Yes. You're so welcome. I just, I appreciate the way you show up as this like fierce goddess who Mm -hmm. knows who she is and is unwavering in that evolution and allowing that to come forward and that flow because you know you create so much permission and allowance and flow for other women and it's it really is beautiful to witness Abigail it's really really beautiful to witness and I feel it so deeply in my heart so thank you for being you and answering the call and showing the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) thank you mama I honor you for doing the walk with me. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you would like even more exclusive content, conversations with me, the ability to connect with women in a really sacred space to continue to challenge yourself, to create space for yourself and come back home to your truth and your knowing, I would love love, love to have you inside the Onyx, the incredible space that I created for women like you who want more and who are ready to lean in to all of it. You can go to patreon.com slash the Kelly show. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in there and hold that space for your growth. See you soon.